1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. He is 365
0: Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Ross Dellinger was a busy man, not just yesterday, but always with all the stuff going on in college football. Ross, thank you very much for your time. So I'm the guy that's in the room that doesn't always understand things quite correctly. Kirk Schultz has been wanting to avoid the 5-7. and seven. It appears, based on your article, that that's about to change because of who they'll be in two years. Does he think that five seven is better for Washington State than six and six? And if that's the case, why?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, it, it can get um, a little confusing, certainly. And uh, a lot of this was supposed to happen weeks, if not even months ago. Uh, but you're right, Kirk. In uh, the Pac-12, in general, have been sort of delaying it. Uh, so, you know, college football playoff is, is trying to, to move, you know, from a 6-plus-6, six 12-team six, format to a 5-plus-7. In order to do that, you got to have the unanimous support from the board. And, and the Pac-12 is still on the board. It's still a number for two more years at least. Uh, and Kirk uh, can hold up that vote, and he has delayed it. Uh, he has delayed the move from 6 plus 6 to 5 plus 7 in order to present a proposal next week to the board um, that uh, basically seeks for the PAC-12 to be considered a Power 5 conference uh, and get Power 5 revenue and uh, voting rights for the foreseeable future. Uh, now, he says the two things are related, that he's not tying his vote to the granting of his proposal. Um, But you could see that um, part of the delay was uh, tied probably to this proposal. Uh, But as you mentioned, it actually behooves the PAC-12 to vote for the 5 because they need more at-large spots. Because in November, commissioners approved a new policy uh, where conferences must have at least eight members in order to get an automatic qualifier, which would eliminate the PAC-12 since they have two members for next year and, and probably the next. Uh, so I think ultimately what's going to happen is he's going to present this proposal at the meeting next week uh, of the board of managers. It is probably – if it's not going to be rejected there, then it's probably going to be rejected at some point. I don't imagine there's going to be any, time, any long-term guarantees uh, for the PAC-12 to be considered power five. Uh, And then he's going to have to decide, Kirk Schulz, if he's going to do one of three things. He's going to vote for the 5-7, and it'll pass, and, and this year we'll have five automatic qualifiers and seven at large. Or he's going to vote against it, and we'll stay at six in six, six AQs and six at large for the next two years. Or the third option is he could abstain from voting, and if he does that, then the motion will pass 10-0-1. So that's kind of what's going on right now with that uh, issue.
3: Ross, um, one quote from your your column uh, stood out to us, and we, we talked about it earlier, which was, we are here through no fault of our own, which uh, is only partially true in that Washington State was as big a part of of you know, the, trying to keep the Pac-12 together and saying that everything was fine, as anyone. So do you think that that part of it will fall on deaf ears when he's talking to the rest of the conferences, when he's like, this isn't our fault? Like, I don't know if it's that. It sucks that it happened to you, but you had a part in it.
2: For sure. And, you know, I think every member of the Pac-12 uh, board of presidents, which includes Kirk, for a while Kirk was the chair, I believe, Probably has some kind of fault uh, in the Pac 12 uh, implosion, you know. And and, uh, so I think there's, uh, you could definitely hit, you could definitely see that, right? You could definitely say that that is true. I I think the way the Pac Washington State and Oregon State look at it um, is that people, and I should say Scott Barnes, the Oregon State athletic director, did say this to me a few months ago. And I quoted him in the story, but the people in the CFP room, in the commissioner room, kind of, they're responsible is how they view it. Whether you agree with that or not, they say that they're responsible for the implosion of the Pac-12 because they came and got those teams. Uh, And that's how they view it.
4: Ross, uh, was there much tussling or back and forth when it came to the SMU revenue distribution? It appears that that's been settled now at this point, but uh, how much of a hassle or or back and forth was there in regards to that?
2: Well, there's been quite a tussle uh, the last few months of that. Uh, You know, it really kind of came up in a November commissioner meeting. Uh, I think there was, you know, to explain to to the listeners, basically power five teams, you know, they get. They get $6 million each from the CFP, each Power Five school. uh, That's the distribution. Each Group of Five school gets $1 million. Well, SMU is moving from a Group of Five, the American, to a Power Five, uh, the ACC. But yet some commissioners did not want to give them the full share. There was not support. And it does take unanimity. Again, that word unanimity, it does take unanimity. Uh, in order to to for any revenue distribution item like that one, uh, you know, so uh, there wasn't unanimity, and so after a few months there was I think some tussling back and forth, and still Jim Phillips uh, did come up with well what has been kind of termed a compromise, and so SMU will get um, 50% of the Power Five distribution, so around three million, two point five or three million. a a year for the first year in the ACC, and they'll get 75% of a power five cut in the second year. So roughly three and a half or so million. Um, And so they'll get around seven to seven and a half million instead of the 12 over the two years, basically is uh, what the comp compromise was, uh, was reached.
0: Ross. uh, when you also had the story, the uh, uh, what the sec and the big 10 are going to do with this, uh, advisory board or whatever. When you spoke to Brett Yormark of the Big 12 and also with Jim Phillips, they both uh, publicly and to you said they have faith that the SEC and the Big Ten are working, I guess, for what might be in the best interest of everybody. Do you you think they believe that? And does Jim Phillips believe anybody after the alliance blew up that he thought was so good?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, it it is. It is a time and an era in uh, in college athletics where it's tough to believe anything, you know, in, in the trust. I think the trust in the college football playoff commissioner room um, is is a trust that is probably maybe not at an all-time low. That may have been last year, um, but it's at a low. Uh, There's they're definitely – in an issue with uh, with with the, with the trust among commissioners given realignment in, in all the things that you have mentioned. Uh, all you know, all I can do is, is take what they say, right? You know, Brett, Mark, and Jimmy Phillips, they say that they do trust uh, what Tony Presidi of the Big Ten and, and Greg Sankey of the SEC are saying. Uh, and they believe that, you know, they're not going to run off together and do something that they're going to try to create uh, truly a um, a solution a model that every you know good for everybody or at least those who can afford it um, which you would think is at least the power five at the very least and maybe maybe the group of five it just gets kind of different
3: Ross uh, Brent Yormark appears, peers um, you know pushing all the chips in the middle in basketball uh, and they have I guess it just seems from the outside looking in like the Big 12 has other things moving in case the Big 2 do decide you guys aren't worth our time anymore and we're leaving. We'll take from you what we want, but, you know, just move on and leave us alone. And it doesn't feel like the ACC is doing that at all, especially given the fact that they've got a team that wants to leave so badly right now they're willing to pay a ton of money to do it.
2: Well, for sure, right? The the these two leagues, I think, are in uh, I would say very different uh, situations. You know, uh, the the Big Twelve is is a uh, is a league where top to bottom, there's not necessarily any big football power, but but there's really no kind of small you know school with. Um, like a, like a, you know, like a Vanderbilt or Northwestern or something like that. So it, they bring a lot of, certainly a lot of parity. It feels like the big 12 does. And all the members seem genuinely happy, you know, to be, to be in that league. That's not the case of the ACC, right? That the ACC is man, it's just made up of very different programs, uh, and I think there's a lot more like-minded in the big 12 and, and similarly resourced in the big 12, as opposed to the ACC where you have, you know, five or six smaller private programs and you have three or four big brands. And, and that's led to the situation that we see today, um, where you do have a, a big brand Florida state and maybe some others eventually, uh, that are looking to, to leave the league, um, And and so these two leagues, they're not necessarily in the same boat, um, so to speak.
4: Ross, uh, you mentioned the word. The word that stuck out to me, at least, was inevitable when it comes to the expansion of the NCAA tournament. And you point out in the article much the way the SEC and Big Ten want to flex and get more of the the pie in football. Then you can understand the Big Twelve and ACC want to to maximize their brands in basketball. Um, I know you're a writer, so you were you use certain words for a reason. But how inevitable do you feel like NCAA basketball tournament expansion is, and, and what kind of a timeline, uh, roughly, do you think that? That we're talking about here is that something that they can kind of like the new playoff get done in a hurry or is that something that's going to take and be a longer process you think
2: yeah you know it can't be too long these days I I think that um, you know right now in college athletics the the power four I guess soon enough the power four or even the power two to a degree the SEC and Big 10 are controlling a lot of the decisions and those leagues won a bigger tournament. I know that a lot of fans disagree with that, and I, I can understand that. But they believe that their teams deserve more spots. Um, and whether that's eliminating AQs, which could really be a political disaster that would not go over very well, I wouldn't think. So I think the most likely probably is adding at-large spots. And I don't know how quickly you can do that, but I'm gonna guess. Within the next two or three years, we will see a change in the NCAA tournament because that's what the major leagues want. In uh, the major league, whatever the major leagues, major major conferences want, they get because they have the value, they have the revenue, and they share that revenue with everybody else in the in the NCAA. You know, about ninety five, maybe ninety two percent of the NCAA. Uh, relies, in a lot of ways, relies on the major conferences and their value that they bring, specifically the NCAA tournament, and to a degree, the CFP as well. So they won it, and uh, I think there's probably, like I said, within the next couple of years, I would imagine that we're going to see changes to the basketball tournament that in all likely could includes just overall expansion and the addition of at large uh,
0: spot. Ross, last time we had you on, and again, thanks for your time. Anytime we can get you. Uh, you did have a bucket full yesterday, but last time we had you on, we were discussing this possible lawsuit or the injunction, Tennessee against the NCAA, NIL, the transfer portal, the college football playoff. Now this with the, Do you think this is ever going to have, like, people are gonna actually sign something and we have five to seven years of calm, or is this going to be all the time?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, at some point you would imagine that we'll have stability in some way or a level of stability that we don't have today. Uh, you know, it's, it's not coming anytime soon though. Uh, we're, we're in a uh, transformative time in college sports and I would guess that we'll continue, uh, in that transformative time. For a while until we do get reach some stability, uh, so we're we're probably not um, not there yet, and we're probably maybe even a few years away from there.
0: Yep, it seems like you've had to get your go get a, a law school degree uh, to to be a part of what you're doing. <laughs> right. and seriously, I, I mean this. You've, you've done an incredible job with it. That's why we reach out to you as much as we do, and we appreciate it. And great job this week and into the future. We appreciate your time. No problem. Thank, Thank you. you.